0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and special guest Alyssa Mann, the Queen of Romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls!
1: Oh yeah?
2: I have, Watch me. I have some skills.
1: <laughs> you have that phone sex voice? <laughs> She's got some skills. It's
2: from all my online dating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. Yeah, I was in the car online with her dating. one time while she was talking to some dude and Oh, my God. I because was laughing so you let
0: them call you? No, 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 no. No, Texting. Usually texting. I don't let anyone call me but on the sometimes, phone. sometimes, like, no. the
2: real pervy people, only if, like, I'm bored and I want something fun to do, I'll see how many texts it takes before I get a penis pic without <gasps> asking for a penis pic. No
3: one's ever going to be like, could you send me it that, please? It doesn't
0: take
1: long. No.
3: No. No. And I hate when she they showed... don't really have to do
0: anything for it to happen. She she's just got to gotta sh- wait she's it to out. She used to show
1: me the good pictures. Yeah, it's
2: one time while. all I said is, hey, can you send me a pic? And they sent me a pic of their penis. I was like, well, thanks for that, but I meant your face.
3: Yeah, you're like, that's not what I meant. Like, I always oh, hate when done. they <laughs> seem normal. Like, I failed the test. And then like five <laughs> messages in, then they turn on the skis and you're like, come on. I can't
2: tell what color your eyes are in this picture. <laughs> 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 you're
3: like, be like, I'm sorry, what is this? I can't tell.
2: There was one time a guy sent me a penis pic, and it was, like, red. And I'm like, is he okay? you should have that checked out.
3: <laughs> I text that back to him.
2: I said, why is your penis red right around the rim? Maybe you should see a doctor about that. He didn't text me anymore.
0: <laughs> but you know what? I bet he went to the doctor. <laughs> Maybe.
3: Maybe.
1: Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a doctor. Just
3: FYI, guys, don't be sending
2: bad. a penis pic if you've got something going on down there until you get it taken care of.
3: <laughs> yes. Can we just go with a general rule of, like, don't send unsolicited, like, penis <laughs> pictures? Well,
1: we have gone over that, but some people <laughs> in the class just don't pay
3: attention. Yeah, no.
1: They, they just don't listen. No.
3: I have not experienced that in my online dating, but i definitely gotten to where they seem normal and then like five sentences in, then they turn into creepers. And you're like, oh, no. You're like, can't you just be a human? Like, you gotta make it creepy and weird. That's because they are creepy and weird as humans. <laughs> well, valid. All my little red flags are waving. Like... I know, you're giving me too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> but what does that say about us on there, though, then? Like, what, if that we're creepy? That we're, we're <laughs> creepy? <laughs> I mean, I do listen to a lot of murder podcasts.
0: (laughs) I mean, same. That goes for so many of us. (laughs) I mean, I am pretty good at cyber stalking.
1: You are. That's she's true. the queen of cyber stock. You're That's really good, good to know. If I want somebody looked at, I just call
0: her. There you no, go. No, she's good. Hey, and can she's find fast. Out about this person. <laughs> oh, she's, she's good. She comes she's
1: back like and she mass. goes, okay, oh, three horses, list. two yeah. bankruptcies. Oh, and he has a stepson he doesn't know well, about. Well, you have to start <laughs> on case and work from there.
3: Work your way out. Yeah. yeah. There you case go. net
1: is
2: definitely a good place to start. Sometimes you can find out their real estate records, like if they've ever owned oh. a house and sold a house. That's. Not I mean, all of this oh, is public where record. They well, yeah, it's public live. record. Yeah. yeah. Every
1: place they've ever lived.
2: There's some websites <laughs> that you can go on and get a picture of the front of their house.
0: It's really, really kind of. Frightening. Do you mean the county
1: tax assessor's office, <laughs> right? Yeah, It's it really kind of frightening. I I admit.
2: Sometimes it works to my advantage, though you can't find somebody you can't find
1: me (laughs) so um are you by chance in witness protection i was just wondering (laughs) because i'm having a hard time finding you well (laughs) what it is is if they
2: if you're doing an online dating thing and they text you or tell you on the phone specific things that happened in their life that would be newsworthy you can find that and you can't find it then you're like I will text them back and say, um, I tried to find that and I couldn't find it. So why can't I find it? When did it happen exactly?
3: Oh, you're a, yeah, you're a ninja.
2: Then they get all pissy because I'm checking their stuff online. It's like, dude, don't lie to me.
0: And no, I wouldn't have sure. to check your stuff.
3: Yeah, don't don't be a <laughs> creep. Have less specific
0: lies, people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't be so detailed. Vague right. lies. <laughs> Don't tell yeah.
2: a lie that can't be checked in other places. True. Always make sure that your lie checks out and cannot be traced back to something else. Just saying these are the arts of
3: lying. There you go. Life skills.
2: Mm-hmm. If I like was meeting somebody and it was like a first date, I'm not going to tell them that, yeah, it was pretty white yeah. trash. I used to get hammered at 14 at my neighbor's house. I wouldn't tell him that. I would just tell him that I hung out a lot at my neighbor's house and it was in kind of a rural, lower class area instead of saying it was a white trash trailer park mm-hmm. that the cops were at mm-hmm. frequently. Mm-hmm. That's fair.
1: The People pad their resumes sense? with all kinds of checkable things oh, all the time. I worked with this guy. <clears throat> One time he was a part-timer at the radio station Mm -hmm. and when Facebook came about years later, you know, he sent me a friend request and his resume said that he was the program director of the radio station where I was the program
3: director. Oh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) Like you little fucker. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're
1: lying. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he he went on and got jobs. Because he claimed the title. The radio station is now owned by someone else. You can't really go back so and check because really none it. of the people work there anymore. Uh-huh. So you right. can tell them
2: whatever you want. Oh, uh-huh. That's crazy.
1: I mean, I have documentation of having been the program director right. at the radio station. He is a liar.
2: I was just thinking, though, with the whole lying thing, that it is hard to lie nowadays with the Internet and everything. Now, when I was a kid, you could lie to your parents about where you were at. And it was easier because there wasn't really a whole lot of... They, could do
1: to they verify couldn't go back your and check your either. call history and your texts to right. see yeah. what you've been talking about. That's how, I mean, <laughs> we got all, all kinds of stuff with our boys. All yeah. we have to do and is look you, at their texts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And all you had to do was tell them that you were at a friend's house who doesn't have a phone, so
1: your mom can't call and verify it. There was a lot of spontaneous sledding here over the week. Yes. 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 What day was that? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. 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 Yeah, we had snow I in had Oklahoma City. In Edmond. We had about four yeah. I guess down in Tuttle. But when I, there are several really steep places right by the river by where I live. And on my way to work, there were people parked along the
0: Oh, did. did kids sled into the river? No, it's a little further up from the river, <laughs> oh, okay. but the sides of the that's road the slope point. down. <laughs> yeah, and that's
1: really the only well, place. Because that's a
0: harsh stop point. <laughs> <is like laughs> right in the
1: river. So you they go right, right down into the side of the Be like away Jay-J's, from the road, yeah. wind up in the Walmart yeah. parking lot. So the road is high, and they mm-hmm. can sled down the side of. Okay. Mm.
3: My my neighbor kids were sledding on my driveway because it was like the steepest driveway, and they didn't want to walk all the way to the like pool hill. And I got a text that was like, can the girls sled down your driveway? I was like, only if they let me borrow the sled and do it myself. <laughs> so I was out there with the kids. Do you get the day off? Uh, I was non-essential staff, so oh, yes. Man. Oh, man. I, I had never
1: non-essential staff.
3: Oh, well, I, so I worked from home.
2: home. Yeah. Did you? Gosh.
3: I pulled my computer up and I logged in and did a whole bunch of like online learning courses that I have to do for the year, so now I don't have to worry about them for the rest of the year.
2: I had to drive to work, but to be fair, I only lived 10 minutes away from work, so...
1: Well, I had to drive to work to tell everyone head? else to be careful. That makes a lot of sense. I it? mean,
3: it yeah, it does. <laughs> it makes a whole lot of sense. Tell people turn on your headlights, you idiots.
1: It's <laughs> just one of my favorite things to say because people drive around without their headlights uh, in inclement weather, which mm-hmm, is stupid.
3: Mm-hmm. My my favorite though is everyone's like, I have four wheel drive, and I'm like, that yeah. doesn't help with four wheel stop. No, nope. like when especially you especially on ice, ice. <laughs> like, yeah, you can have all the four wheel drive you want. You're still not going to stop. It's always
1: the guy in the pickup that ruins it for everyone. Yep. He's going
0: really fast. Yep.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that was our one snow day for the year. Yeah. Yep. I think we're, we're done. probably done. We're That's done for the next three years.
3: It we're was done
1: 60 some odd degrees today.
3: Yeah, it was yeah. nice today. Yeah, it's 60 supposed to be even higher tomorrow. Went
2: to my mom's house, let Echo run around. She mm-hmm. got out the front door.
3: Did she go play in the snow on Wednesday?
2: Oh, yeah. She was played she in fan? the snow. Yeah, she liked it. Well, I mean, when I'm at the apartment complex, I have to keep her on the leash. Yeah. So but, yeah, she liked it. She was, like, digging in the snow with her nose.
0: Oh Annabelle did not like it. <laughs> no, Anna. Annabelle, well, Annabelle hates everything. I don't know. But, uh, no, she hated the snow because it was cold and wet, which are a combination of things she does not like. Yeah. She hates it when it rains, but, yeah, with the snow, like, she just got out, stood at the edge, and just, like... Shivered? I mean, for a full, like, five <laughs> seconds, just was, like... Oh, hell no. No,
3: She's like, I will learn she how to use the She peed on letterbox. the
0: sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, that's where it's. That's where the snow is shallow. So she peed on the sidewalk and then like tried to run back inside. And I was like, no, we have to finish. <laughs> She's like, no, we don't. You're no, not done yet. Don't. I can hold it. <laughs> I can hold it forever. <laughs> yeah, I can hold it was, for two days until She it was it melts. a pretty pathetic little dog on Wednesday. She hates the snow. My She's neighbor's dog baby. loves
3: it. Everyone else's dog loves the snow but mine. He was catching snowballs in his mouth like he was all in. We haven't heard about your dog yet. I don't have a dog. It was my neighbor's oh, dog. Oh, your neighbor's dog. I've okay. adopted him. He's my adoptive rented dog. Rent a dog. When I need a dog. That way fix. you don't have to
1: pay the pet deposit. Yeah. That's actually pretty smart. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to review. Does that surprise you? Oh, I don't either. I uh, guess I should look.
0: Hmm. I have mine picked. I picked 10 minutes before you arrived at my house. <laughs> Be proud of me for the first time in my life. I am attempting this year to use Goodreads to track what I read instead of my other janky system, which was a note in my phone. <laughs> good for
3: you! I have my handy book journal here.
0: So I was—I've tried that. I'm so lazy. See, I'm but not I, very good at that either. I just realized I forgot one
3: of my audiobooks. I was like, I read another book somewhere in January, and I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, and then you
1: yeah. can't go back and put it in. I hate that. Yeah. That's one thing I didn't like about writing it down. So I
3: love putting it in February, because then, it, then it's dated. not in order. Yeah. Exactly. Is that what you're telling yeah.
1: me? yes I'm
2: so it's proud really, of you right now
3: <laughs> I might have to like tear the page out and like glue it in here's the, the thing, thing about Goodreads
0: side. I learned you can backdate it if you forgot about yeah, it yeah you can yeah so now I'm doing a Goodreads challenge I set it very low I'm sure that I will beat it. I you set at you're... fifty. Oh,
3: you're gonna oh, easily yeah. beat that. I'm already. I think mine's at, at like well, which is because, a lot Well, it's because like I was in a
0: mode where like I wasn't reading a lot, but I forgot. I just don't read a lot around the holidays because I get really burnt out because yeah. there's so much stuff to do. It's busy. So then like I was, then it was like, you're two books ahead, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get on a kick and be like ten ahead. So, but I didn't want to fail.
3: That's what I love about because I good felt like hundred was
0: too much because if I get into a kick where like I can go yeah. like a month six weeks where I'm just like, I can't Besides, pick anything, Besides, it's I really, the thing that
1: people don't understand is it's not a competition. No, it's not. No. Reading no. is reading. So I was really like, out. I can
0: read 50 books. Also I need to track my books.
1: Yeah. Here we go. I yeah. have done it. And you don't even have to set a challenge. You can just go. Yeah.
3: I like mine. It makes me accountable because then when I get to the end of the year and it's like, you're one book away. I'm like, I'm going to read that book damn it. <laughs> like, even if it's the shortest book I own, I'm going to read it. Because I want to meet I, I the little I love book Twitter fireworks. at the end of the
0: year when people are like, Tell me what novellas you read this year <laughs> oh, gosh. I have to read ten books in December.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's when you break out like the short life of Brie Tanner and the Twilight like, no,
0: like <laughs> yeah. you'll be like, Done. <laughs> I forgot about that. I remember in that count. Last year I
1: actually had a couple of children's books on my list, but it was in one. my defense it was the llama challenge. Yeah.
0: Couple, was it one. two years ago? It was two
1: years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This past year, I only had, like, a couple of short books. Because the Stephen King book, In the Tall Grass...
0: Did you read that? I did. Thinking about watching the movie. It was creepy as fuck. Interesting.
1: Man,
3: it was really, really disturbing. I've never read any Stephen King.
0: It's good. Some are very scary and some are not, but it's very personal to different people about what is scary for them. Mm -hmm. Like, people have... Like, people... Like, people don't agree on, like, what's his scariest book. Because they think it's just, like, it's very... It just has to Like, do- horror is very... It's yeah. very personal. Subjective, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like, what is your niche in the horror? You? Yeah, like, what scares you? Yeah, like, you? I didn't
0: think it was that scary. Some people really hate clowns. But The Shining right? scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Sh- I thought The Shining was more scary than it. It was horrifying. And I didn't like Salem's Lot at all. And I really thought I was going to like it. And that's my stepmom's favorite and it, I was just like I could not get into this but that one I did
2: out like, out me. I liked that one
3: I was just like eh. I've never read, read it but every time so I walk over ago. a sewer drain I uh, like walk a little quicker <laughs> just in case just in case well and I swear there's like things living someone in there someone could
0: grab you by the ankle no it's possible I'm more worried about being dragged into a storm drain than there being a clown in there just because my nightmare would be being in a storm drain <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, being in a storm drain, I, when I was a kid, it just, didn't bother me. I when I was a kid, I was like, hey, that looks cool. Let's go down in there and see what's there.
0: Poop water. I that's was what's in there. Poop I water. I was one of those kids. Lots Shit, we used lots to play in the culvert,
1: which I found out later was oh, not, that's, not yeah. very good. No. no.
3: Yeah. We did too, though, I that's feel like. That's
1: how children die. Exactly. But when you're a kid, you don't know. That's true. We just called it our secret place. And then mm-hmm. mom's like, what's your, what are you <clears throat> talking about? Where is that? It's down there. That sounds hey, like you shouldn't go you down would... in there. That's not good.
3: Don't why go there. Not? And mm-hmm. then you sit here in torrential rain season. You're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> because now there's a river in there. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, that's just part of like being a kid and growing up. And
3: the 80s and 90s tried real hard to kill off all of us, but yeah. they just did not succeed.
1: Well, 70s tried to kill me off.
2: The late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on lead paint,
1: <laughs> lead-based paint. <laughs> yep. We yeah. grew up in old houses, fluorocarbons, lead-based paint, the secondhand mel- smoke, melphion. <laughs> right. They used to spray over the entire city with airplanes to kill the mosquitoes in the summer.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. What? Yeah.
1: What is that? They used to go over the city and drop pesticides every.
2: I
3: mean, it sounds Saturday really great. Are
0: seems healthy. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's yeah. yeah. Just
0: objectively, that seems
3: fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it sounds like Starting a great Starting to idea. understand
2: why you have asthma now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I that's say, the thing where if you didn't have asthma, you have it now. I would tell my mom,
1: I can't breathe when they do that. She's like, oh, it won't hurt you. It's fine.
3: Guess what, So is asbestos until they figured yeah. out it and, wasn't. Yeah,
1: and the house that we lived in had asbestos
0: siding. So See, there you go. There
3: you go. Pro- all yeah. your problems have been solved. <laughs> Or Well, not solved, but diagnosed.
0: Now reptiles are amphibians. (laughs) I don't like cold-blooded things. You should have never told us that, Alyssa. (laughs) It's okay. It is my deepest fear, though. A lizard jumped on me when I was six. I screamed. My dad said it sounded like I was being murdered. And then since then, I had a deep fear of lizards. Okay, Uh... Megan, what's your deepest fear?
3: Oh, I guess the one that comes to mind is more like when I'm home alone. You know how, like, you look out the window and, like, you could just, like, see your own reflection. I have this, like...
1: So you're frightened of yourself? No, but, like, that fear of,
3: like... <laughs> that she's going to look yes. in the, look that in there the gonna reflection. there's going to be somebody looking it... back at me oh, from, like, outside, like, in the insane. horror movie. Yeah, it's yeah. That's
0: a much more practical fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, I don't, Bonnie? I don't know why.
2: What is it? Mm, probably tornadoes. Yeah. yeah. I have yeah. always... I mean, ever since I... I lived in New York, and we didn't yeah. even have tornadoes up there mm-hmm. very often, and I just always... Whenever there was, like, a severe thunderstorm or... Even just clouds rolling in, Mm -hmm. I would freak out when I was. It's the only thing that made me freak out when I was. Mine's volcanoes. When I moved to Oklahoma, I don't think I slept from April till June the first year I lived here because I was up in the middle of the living room in the fetal position watching Gary England on TV because I thought that we were just gonna get blown away. I was right there
1: too with you, girly. I I totally get it, but now I'm not like that anymore. I've acclimated. Mm. But I still have the volcano thing. I have volcano nightmares all the time. Really? Yeah. I Those used are kind to of have though,
2: too. nightmares. Reoccurring tornado yeah, me nightmares. Yeah, too. me too. I blame Twister there for my fear of tornadoes. There are actually more than one
1: tornado. They're like five or six all going at once, and yeah. you're just standing there staring at it like, okay, I'm going to die now.
3: Does anybody remember? It was like an ABC like movie that they did on like a Friday. It was like Night of the Twisters. Yes. That yes. That was scary. me for life.
1: Alyssa's shaking her head oh, no. Oh, my God. Was gosh. it Devon
2: Sawa was in that, I think? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I watched but it, it was, but I know I watched. It, I was like, oh my, "How is this not? How is this on regular TV?" It was because
3: so, it was like literally <laughs> like the movie started and there was like a tornado and it like hit their house and then they fled the house and then it like hit the school and then it like the whole it was like it was like literally chasing them through their Those small disaster town. Disaster movies yeah. are
1: always the best, huh? Uh, it gave me a complex, The towering inferno, no. and I feel like that was
3: still like they opened the windows Twister. in the house, like that made a difference. Like yeah. I, I feel like I remember them like throwing open the windows before they took cover. Like, I was well, like,
2: haven't you ever heard? I mean, it's I not, true. It. I, it's not I think true. It's, yeah. it's I not think it's, true. Yeah. It's I not it's true, debunked. but you open the windows so that it the pressure. yeah, the like pressure goes through. And...
3: I vividly remember them throwing open the kitchen windows and I'm like, take cover. What are you doing? Like, that doesn't work.
1: Okay. All right. We've been talking for 30 minutes. It's what is your soon. deepest fear? We all volcanoes. She's talk- on volcanoes. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, I was still. I have,
1: I have dreams of driving down the road and the road all of a sudden disintegrating and there's lava coming up from the ground and. Oh. It's horrible. I can like, smell it. It is the smell... night of the
0: Twisters was it from it was? nineteen ninety six. Yeah, it was. Does anybody
1: else have smells in their dreams? John Schneider or am was I the also in one? it. I do. I mean, he played mm-hmm. the dad. I can he smell looks like the dad. Yeah, he
3: played the dad. I feel like, oddly though, now Great that I live here, that. I'm less scared of them because I feel like
1: I'm less people I'm definitely here... less scared since we moved here.
3: Yeah, because I like, have a storm shelter my house. Yeah, that, and I feel like they like have a better like they're better at it because they do it all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. and they're very good about giving good instructions on the television. Yes. Yeah. They And are. you know they they educate you so that you know what to do. Yes. We're all weather people. And we
3: have been turned into <laughs> weather people. You have to be to live here I feel I like I know, I know. You, you really have to do. be able to like look around and be like, mm, why is the sky that weird color? <laughs> like yeah. something's weird.
2: Yep. Like it doesn't look green. All right, I think I'm gonna go find a shelter somewhere. Yeah.
1: Speaking of shelter, we need the shelter of books right now.
3: Yes, we do. Uh,
1: speaking of tornadoes.
3: Oh. oh God.
1: <laughs> Actually, I didn't
2: plan that. <laughs> <laughs> I read a book called The Topeka School oh. that has a tornado on the cover. Yeah, I, I read that, very that scary. Yeah, very scary. Yep. By Ben Lerner. And I'd like to say that I liked this
1: book,
0: but I would be lying. Oh, <laughs> no,
3: no.
1: She's going to panic. Are
0: you excited about this? About... This book originally, no, no,
1: No, she read it because it was on a list. The same reason I read it. Oh, okay, sorry, because it was on a list. of
0: Oh, I remember. I'm sorry. Some of the best. Because we went back at the end of the year and went
1: back and um, looked at all the best books of the year on the New York Times list. Yeah, and
2: these I picked a bunch of books off of there, and um, was very confused about what this book was about for a long time, because it's kind of about like two different lives but it's hard to figure out how they are connected they basically go to the same school um one of the main characters name is adam and he's a senior at topeka high school and he's like on the debate team and he's super smart and he's popular and blah 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 so on so forth and then there's this other boy named darren who is has very low intelligence He's not, like, to the point where he's, like, mentally retarded, but he definitely has below average IQ. And um, so he doesn't understand a lot, and he's kind of a loner, and he doesn't really fit in, and the kids kind of pick on him a little. Well, um, Adam, the smart kid's mom, is a famous feminist author, and she... The whole family catches a lot of shit in the town of Topeka because, you know, it's in the middle of the country. Red you
1: know, as they come.
2: About being a feminist. Right. And so on and so forth. But that doesn't really, they talk about that a lot in the book, but I don't see how it plays into the actual story. I don't even really understand what the story was about to tell you the truth. But it talks about Adam and his debating and how he's, like, going to these championships and everything for his debating. And they have, like, this party. And in the little synopsis, it says that Adam invites Darren, but I don't remember that in the book, but I might have just missed it just because, you know, when you're not really enjoying a book, sometimes you You just skim over some of those. You skim a little. And Adam, there's kind of a bad thing that happens at this party and so on and so forth, which I won't go into if somebody does like this book so I don't ruin it. Yeah. But that's basically what the book was about. I kind of thought that it was going to be more about like kids in the school and how they connected maybe like I thought the connection would be deeper, I guess is what I thought when they were talking about because they would go and they would talk about Adam's story for a while, and they would talk about Darren's story for a while, you know, one of those ones where they kind of go back and forth. And usually books that do that, somewhere before the end, they mesh together where they have a significant impact on each other, and I just didn't see that in this book. Mm -hmm. And I almost quit reading this a couple of times. As did I. But I didn't have anything else to read at the time. I didn't have anything in from the library, so...
3: So, is there a tornado, or is that just like them using like
2: no? Kansas? There's no Kansas. tornado, so yeah. it's just
3: like a Kansas like reference. Yeah,
2: it's just a Kansas reference, which was totally. I mean,
3: see, so I would have thought like, oh, this book's gonna be about like a storm hitting a school or something. Yeah, so okay. I,
2: like maybe you know the kids. That's how they connect is because they're you know they have like a traumatic a traumatic storm experience tornado or experience, which would have been like a horror novel to me. I would have loved it. Yeah, but that's not what happened, and. I would probably only give this book a three, and that would be Being Generous. I don't really understand how this made it on the bestseller list. Out of all of the books that I've read off of the bestsellers list, this is definitely my least favorite.
1: I definitely would concur. I didn't understand why it was given such accolades. It really did not. I thought it was interesting. He, He seemed like such a weird guy. So I kind of was interested to read about him. Mm-hmm. The whole debate mentality and the whole right. way he was going through his. But I really he, didn't he like was his a mom that guy. much.
2: Just because yeah. her actions and the way that she parented.
1: Yeah. It was kind yeah, of I didn't, weird. I didn't, I didn't understand why it it, was ve- people it, liked it, it.
2: The whole book was very disjointed.
1: Oh, that's the It's worst. like
2: nothing actually went with anything else. It was sort
1: of like about nothing. Sort of like, you know, it was like Seinfeld the Seinfeld books, except it was for not office as fun. Of books. <laughs> uh, the office right? of books <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't really. There just wasn't. Didn't seem to be much of a point. I feel
3: like I literally just saw that book somewhere too, because I remember th- looking at the cover and thinking, like, yeah. oh, I wonder if this is about like a storm. Or no, like, no. Don't waste your time. Not. No, no. Not a good one,
1: huh? Now somebody out there probably loved it, and in which case, that's <laughs> your right. But yeah, right. And if you love
2: this book, I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not everybody's taste is the same. No, we don't
3: all have to like the same book. But it's the joy of reading.
2: It just wasn't wasn't my favorite. And again, that was The Topeka School by Ben Lerner.
1: Awesome. Megan, Hello. what you got? I never did introduce you. You're like, become part of the anymore. family.
0: I, I, She's been on By twice. the way, Megan's here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel like people are probably like, hey, we know that voice. Yep. Um, so I have... The Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy by Elizabeth Kindle. Ooh. Yes. And this book came to uh, my attention because it's actually a reprint. She wrote this book, um, I believe, shortly after uh, Ted Bundy was actually executed because it, she wrote a new foreword.
1: Isn't there a movie coming out, too? It already
3: came out. It ca- yeah, so, oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she helped with the Zac Efron movie for Netflix-
0: Oh, okay. It's really good. Yes. Don't it let the name good. Zac Efron put you off of the movie in no, any way.
3: And I will tell you, I'm scarred for life. I cannot see a picture of Ted Bundy and not immediately think it's Zach yeah. <laughs> Zac Efron.
0: I actually like Zach Efron. You don't like I him? I love him. No, oh, I, I do. Oh, love him. Oh, okay. It might put off other people, though. It'd be like the High School Musical Kid. Yes, the High School Musical yeah. Kid. Yeah.
3: I And then <laughs> she also helped with the new Amazon Prime documentary, five-part series. That I was really seen good. I've that, yeah, that was mm-hmm. it, that one. I forget. It's Falling for a Killer, I think.
1: Oh, wait. No, I didn't see that one. I yeah. saw something else Ted Bundy related recently, though.
3: There's been a couple of things, which I think I figured out why. Because the, the woman he ended up marrying died last year or two oh, years ago.
1: So I think once okay. she when died... Once she was dead, they could go on with yeah. it.
3: Mm-hmm. Which they have a daughter together, so maybe, but no one knows where the daughter is, and I don't blame her. I would have changed Golly, my name, that too. That's Ooh. one of
2: those... I guess that would be le- legitimate reason to lie about who you yes. are.
1: Right? We were just talking <laughs> about like, this. It. Like, it would be legitimate to change your name and not tell anyone yeah. that you were that, the daughter. Yeah. yeah. Because I
3: didn't know that Carol, which is not in this book because this is Liz's book, but I didn't realize till the end of the documentary on Amazon that Carol had died in 2018 so I was like oh that explains why like all of a sudden there's like this influx of like Ted Bundy stories maybe they Hmm. because maybe she owned the rights or like yeah that could be to it or something
1: well I I hope his daughter's making some money off of it at least
3: I just really hope she has a happy happy life yes me too that's what I hope for her and
1: very few (laughs) of his genes yeah
3: (laughs) right all right but back to Liz because I could literally talk Ted Bundy for days because I have a true crime problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a serious problem I have.
2: Addiction. It is.
3: Like, I get on Netflix and just scroll. I'm like, where's the true crime section? Give it to me. Or Hulu or whatever. All right, so Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy. Um, this was really a fascinating read because she has a new foreword to it and then the original foreword... And there's a new after that her daughter, Molly, wrote kind of telling her story now that she's an adult and how like it affected her life and stuff. Um, But she wrote this, like I said, shortly after he was executed, I believe. And so her perspective has changed some. And she talks about how if she were to write this book today, it would be written differently, Hmm. which Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting because like towards as she goes through it, she she was truly in love with Ted Bundy. Because she saw him as just Ted. He wasn't right. somebody that was like this malicious killer. And he well, took... he
1: was very good yeah, at absolutely. separating his personality from what, he, what his true thing was.
3: Oh, yeah. And he, I mean, they had been together since like the late 60s. And he didn't start killing until the mid-70s. So they had been together for a while before his first known attack happened. Either maybe there was some before that. I haven't heard of them, but I'm sure there probably maybe were. And so it talks about them meeting at the bar and, like, kind of winning her over and getting into, like, that family network. Because she had her daughter at that point. She'd been married before. And she had her daughter, Molly. And, like, the first night that Ted stayed at her apartment the next morning, she woke up. And, like, he's making pancakes with her daughter. Like, just hanging out. And just being super normal. And... He would get distant at times. Scary. But <laughs> sitting over there, and you could just see the the gears in her head. Is like, oh my god, I'll yeah. never date again. Uh, it is scary. Like, it is. And so then they just had this very normal relationship. They were like, they never officially like moved in together, but they spent a lot of time at each other's apartments. And he was very involved in the raising of her daughter because she was like three or four, I think, when they mm-hmm. started dating. So she was pretty young. And then as he started his attacks in, I think it was, like, 74, um, Liz started seeing, like, changes in him. So he would kind of disappear on her for, like, days at a time. And she just kind of felt like, well, that's just normal. We had a fight. We got mad about something, whatever, whatever. And then as people started disappearing in and around uh, Seattle and they would get composite sketches and they'd get, like, names, like, after the Lake Sammamish... Kidnappings. I think even before that, they had the name Ted. Like somebody had heard somebody say that name and described the car. And she's kind of like, I wonder if that's my Ted. Because there, there was a the sketch, and she kind of looked at it and she's like, oh my God, that might be him. And then, of course, like any, I feel like anyone would do, be like, no, no way. It can't be my Ted. Like there's got to right. be another Ted.
2: You're probably like, wow, that guy looks a lot
3: like the my Ted. did the same thing. Yeah, because Ann Rule like worked next to him on mm-hmm. like a suicide prevention line. She even
0: called the police and was like, "I know a Ted who has a gold bug and kind of looks like your sketch, but it's not him." It can't yeah, be. but I feel like you should know.
3: But you should know. Yeah, yeah. and in like the one that gave me the chills was that when when they started talking about like uh, Sammamish, because he asked her that day because it was like a holiday and he and she was going to go to the park and like lay out or whatever, and he asked her like, "Oh, which park are you going to go to?" And it was not Sammamish. And she was thinking like, oh, he's going to come surprise me at the park. Well, no, he wanted to know where you were because he was about to go kill some people at another park and he didn't want you in the same park.
2: Right, because she would recognize she, him. Yeah. yeah.
3: And so that like gave me chills like as I was reading it thinking like, so he pla- like he knew what he was going out to do that day. And there were a lot of times as she was kind of putting the timeline together in her own mind where it would be like, she would hear about like a kidnapping or a murder and then she'd be like, oh yeah, we went out to dinner as a family and then he left right after and I didn't see him again until like the middle of the day the next day. And it was just chilling like the as the puzzles came together and much like Ann Rule, she called the police multiple times. She would go to a pay phone um, down the street from her office because she didn't want the number to be tracked back to her because she was like afraid like, oh, what if I'm wrong? And he finds out, he'll be so mad at me. And she would call like more than I thought. I thought she maybe called like once or twice. She called like four or five times to the Seattle, and then when this murder started happening in Utah, she called like the Salt Lake City police, and they all were like, oh no, we checked him out. And they'd be like, Theodore Robert Bundy? Yeah, you came to visit him this weekend, right? And she's like, well, yeah. And they're like, yeah, he's not, no, we already looked into him. And so she was like, well, all these police officers are telling me that it's not him, so okay, we'll just keep going. And it wasn't until the Florida case that she really was like, oh no, he is this monster. This is like this other version of him. Hmm. that I've never experienced. And she kind of talked about how seeing the pictures of the victims and how they looked a lot like her with their her, their long hair and their long dark hair. And she was like, is this because of me? Like, did I trigger like, this? Like, is he going to
2: kill me in my sleep? Or yeah. What?
3: So it was, it was really interesting to hear it from her perspective and her putting those pieces together and like struggling with the realization that the Ted everybody was looking for was her Ted.
0: Hmm. And like,
3: she found, like, Plaster of Paris in his apartment, like, to make the fake cast. And, like, told the police, like, he's got, like, Plaster of Paris in his desk. And they're like, oh, it's fine. And I was like, it's such a 1970s, like, thing. Like, that woman doesn't know. know what she's I'm talking like, about. Why
0: would, like, now I'm like, why would anyone have a reason to own Plaster of Paris? What would you do Artists with that?
3: Artists
1: use Plaster yeah. of Paris.
3: I mean, oh. if you were, like, construction or something, but.
0: I don't know anything about household goods.
3: But it wouldn't be something that like <laughs> apparently tend, it's not like, something I would I have would in my It would not be cupboard. something that somebody who like has that image of Ted Bundy would probably have in their desk. Mm-hmm. Like, and like there was crutches and stuff, and she was like putting all these pieces together, and no one was listening to her, and it was really interesting. And then seeing the pictures of her and Molly and him together, just looking so normal. And the one picture that I like literally had to put the book down. I was going through them, and there's a picture of Molly on like a carousel. And he's standing next to her, and he's in the blue suit he wore in trial. Ugh. And I was like, I got immediate chills and I was like, no, nope, I need to set this book down because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, it's the blue suit. That's stressful. It was. It was, it was really, really interesting. And then like the after that um, Molly did was really enlightening too, because she talked about how coming to terms with you know, this father figure, and how kind of it was really... She had to separate it a little bit. And she kind of, in the documentary, even talked about how she doesn't feel that... Like, she doesn't remember what that love for him felt like now because she's purposely, like, removed it from her memories of, like, the pictures and things like that. So it was just... It was really interesting. They both struggled with alcoholism. Her and the daughter both struggled with, like, alcoholism over the years and the kind of that guilt of like, why not us? Why didn't he attack us? Why didn't he go after us? And it was just, I think based on way too much time on Netflix (laughs) and things like that, I I really do think that he truly did love the two of them because he always came back to Elizabeth, even when he was married to the other woman that he proposed to, like at his sentencing hearing, because that's apparently what we do um but he all like he would write to Elizabeth even then and the very last letter that he wrote her Molly got a hold of it first and destroyed it and so it was really interesting like she put it in the fireplace and lit the fire because she's like stop like trying to put your hooks back in my mom like it's mm-hmm. this where I'm trying to finish this chapter of our lives and you keep coming back
2: but you know that's that has to be tough that oh, you yeah that, you're involved with this person for so many years. And like you said, they got together in the 60s and the first murder didn't the first confirmed murder didn't happen until like the 70s. Right. right. And until she started piecing stuff together, that's a long time. I mean, and, yeah. You know, even though he's a monster, that's still somebody that you love and you can't just turn those feelings off, even right. though, you know, it's not safe to be with them. You can't be with them and you have to look, you know yeah you have to protect your daughter and right. so you have to separate yourself. Those feelings just don't go away right away,
3: no, and I mean, they were together for ten years or something so, like so like,
2: I mean, that would be it would be tough. It yeah. would be really, really
3: hard when that that feeling of like you betrayed him, like she kept talking about like, yeah, and this I, is I can't let that him you know love. that I called the police right? like whatever happens, he can't know that I called when like mm-hmm. Ann Rule had called and all these other people had called, but she' was like, it can't be me. He can't know. Because was I me. can't
2: be the person that got him arrested. Right. Because, yeah. Yeah, I can. That it, was, would, it would be really hard.
3: Yeah, it's a really interesting read. And just hearing kind of her side of it and her struggle. of. And I didn't realize, I thought once he was arrested in Colorado for the attempted, I think it was Colorado, for the attempted kidnapping of the girl at the mall, mm-hmm. he went home. They paroled him. Yeah. I oh. thought he was in custody that whole time. And then, no. like, I was reading her book and she was like... Oh, yeah, he came home and, like, we went back to normal. And I was like, "Timeout, out, what? I was like, are you mm. kidding me? Like, this is unreal. Like, I did not realize that he had, had gone back out on parole at that it's point. It's just,
0: like, a systemic, like, just ignorance of the problem in the case of the police.
3: Oh, absolutely. They were just
0: like, he's nice. He's
3: fine. He's pretty. He's got blue eyes. Let him go. Yeah. He's a cool dude. He's Zac Efron. Just let him be. He's yeah. fine. <laughs> he looks he looks wholesome. Yeah, he looks like he looks like, wholesome. He can't be that yeah. guy. And I tell you, I, to this day, I still like anytime That's when I am was...
1: profiling. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> damn it.
3: Yeah. Well, it is
1: true that if people look a certain way and act a certain way, we trust them. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. And he was a master at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like and what the one thing I felt so bad for her daughter at during her part of it at the end was that they were try she tried to join like a grief group to because mm-hmm. i mean she was grieving the loss of this father figure mm-hmm. and she they're still living in seattle and they she went to join the group and they wouldn't let her join the group because of her mm-hmm. connection to ted bundy because there were people in the group whose family members and friends were his victims oh and yeah I that was,
2: would be that would
3: but then like then my like uh-huh. active like angry side came out cuz i was like She's a victim, too. Not in the same way that they are.
2: Yeah, but the victims might see her and just... True. ...automatically be hostile or angry. Yeah. Because it, not that she's connected with it in any way, but it's a reminder.
3: No, 100%. I yeah, I just felt that would, so that's bad for tough. her. That's tough. That's, wow. Because you're like, you were this girl who's grieving the loss of this father figure. Right. And the people that are supposed to help you learn how to deal with that grief are like, get out.
2: Can't <laughs> even help you because... Yeah.
3: Because yeah. it's such a like, traumatic it's too thing. It's connected. Yeah. Mm. So it was a really, and and she said in the afterword that when she rewrote it, when Liz wrote the new after part, that you know, she kind of still romanticized him, even in the book when she wrote it in the 80s or 90s. And she's like, the last line, I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's basically like, almost forgiving him, being like, oh, you know, he just, this man gave in to, the, turned this man into a killer or something like that. And she was like, I would never word it that way today. She goes no. because that's not well like cuz she's how further
2: disconnected from yeah. I mean when she wrote it originally she probably still harbored feelings for him and the longer that you're away from it the yeah. more perspective you get and the more the less emotional you are about yeah. it so yeah
3: And I and I think deep down I think she and I could be totally putting words in her mouth which is I feel like she just really wanted to know if he loved her Right. As much as, as she loved him, and I don't think she'll ever get that answer. No, she won't. But I think he did, personally. So that was the Phantom Prince, uh, My Life with Ted Bundy by Elizabeth Kendall.
0: Okay. Um, this week I read I Hear She's a Real Bitch by Jen Ag. What mm. a great, title. That is a great I, title. This was one of the ones. People where have I, was said that like, about I am me. pulled in by that title. I am reading this book. So Jen Ag is a restaurateur in Toronto. And is basically, you could argue, responsible for the food scene in Toronto. She really elevated it Hmm. and was the first person to really bring it to the forefront. Um, And so this memoir is about, it's about her life growing up, but mostly it's about how she created her restaurants and created her empire. Um, and so she started out, one of the interesting things about her that a lot of people get wrong is that she's not a chef. Like, she just, she kind of moonlights as a bartender, which she really loves are cocktails, but she loves opening spaces. So whenever she opens somewhere new, she always finds a chef that kind of shares her vision. Um, hmm. Her most famous restaurant, which just closed last year? last year, is called Black Hoof, and it was a charcuterie restaurant. And um
1: I have no freaking idea what that is. So
0: charcuterie is like you know like a charcuterie like a and board and like tray. meats and cheeses and like pickles and dip. It's fancy. It's like I've the never meat tray. That. You get That's at Walmart. a fancy word for a freaking meat tray. So it's yes. a meat and cheese tray. Except meat this and is cheese ex- tra- <laughs> is coming out now. Correct. <laughs> Except this is extremely high end charcuterie. <laughs> charcuterie. Yeah. This is fancy cheese. So instead it's of the ham <laughs> meat and cheese tray. Yeah, it's not ham and provolone. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. Instead of ham and be bruschetta. This book starts and it's her sitting in one of her restaurants. Um and it's kind of because she sits in her own restaurant once or twice a week to sit and see and critique what's happening so she knows how to improve. She's like, because the person who sees everything in your restaurant is the customer. And so she acts as a customer once a week and she sees like what waiters are maybe having trouble who like, how could service run more smoothly? Are we turning over these tables in an appropriate amount of time? You know, are people... Drinking is wine being paired correctly with these foods because this is at a level where, like, people care about wine pairings and
1: God, stuff like and how, that.
0: how and unnerving would that be? How oh, is, my God, the boss is eating! And how is the hostess doing? <laughs> do order the wrong wine. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, would it be better if we move this table over here? Is this getting cramped? Is there a draft? Like, stuff like that. Um, And it was really interesting to, like, get into her mind and see, like... But from an overall perspective, like, how a restaurant And is all those small details. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how it all has to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it starts out with that, and then we kind of get the story of the first place she ever opened was actually a cocktail bar. Um, and it's kind of, she did, it goes through, she did everything from the ground up. Like, she did, she and her husband at the time did the entire renovation like themselves like what they could like if they had to get a professional in for like plumbing or like electricity or something like they would do but like they did all the painting they um they redid all of their tables and they reupholstered chairs themselves and like really like did it because they mm-hmm. didn't have the money hmm yeah to do any to like hire an interior designer or but she says when she opens the space which was really interesting like when she's getting ready to open a space she can like walk into a room and like see whether or not that's going to work in the space
3: like that's she a can gift. see it wow, immediately
0: she's like this space will work or this space won't or will it change a little bit and it will work in this space if she does x y z mm. like her entire approach to everything is about how can i make this room feel Like, for her, it's all about how does, like, what atmosphere do I want to put forth Mm -hmm. in this restaurant? And how am I going to make it feel? And then what kind of food is going to go with that feel? What drinks are going to go with that feel? That's, like, really fascinating, What color paint, like, what kind of tables and chairs do I need to make this happen? It's really interesting. Like, I've never thought about a room in that way before. Hmm. Like, from the top down like that. Um one of my favorite chapters was about um her status as a woman in the kitchen and in the restaurant world because it's extremely male dominated and like it's everything else. In the restaurant world it's worse almost. It's re- it's really, really bad. Um I mean, because it was two years ago, one year ago. Mm, probably more like two two years ago like it's coming out more and more the rampant sexism and sexual harassment is horrific in kitchens for women starting at the very beginning when you're at Chili's all the way to the top like there are I think it was two years ago both um John Bash, who's a really big deal, Mm -hmm. only food people care, but like John Bash and then Mario Batali. (laughs) Yep, got accused of, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's rampant through all of their restaurants because they allow, because not only are they perpetuating and committing sexual harassment, but, they hire but they're people hu- who do. hiring yeah. people who think the exact same way they do. And people hire people like them. Yep. And so she was talking about, um, so she divorced and remarried, but so she was talking about one of her later restaurants, um, and how if she ever went to a space with her husband, Roland, like, cause he was with her and he was an artist. So like he did work for her, like on the walls and stuff like that. Um, like contractors would not talk to her. Yolly. Like she was like, I own this building. He's they would not, only pa- talk to him. he's not paying you any mm. money. He's a painter for a living. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> that happens a lot. And They would really not does. speak to her. Yeah. And then she, she spoke about, so one of so the original chef that she opened Black Hoof with, um, he was the same way. Like it ended up in the end, like he really looked down on her. And didn't think that she had the ability to leave the restaurant. And eventually, I mean, she kicked him out. But it was a really, really interesting look into the higher restaurant world. Like, really, really interesting. And she's super smart and awesome. Like, I want to be her when I grow up. She's so cool. Um, I just want to have the ability to do what she does and
2: go into a situation And completely see it done. And then the ways that you can get it done. Mm -hmm. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. It was a really good book. It was a really fast read. Um, For anyone who's kind of like an amateur foodie like me or anyone who's interesting in how the restaurant world works. I think that she's a great introduction to it. Especially because I like have a lot of these books like in my list. (laughs) Because reading about food is something I want to do more of this year. Um, I of all of the big sellers, there's only one other by a woman. Really? Yeah. When you get to when when you get to something that's not a cookbook, like mm-hmm. a memoir, right, right. Yeah. Um, it's all men. So I'm really glad that I I did start with Anthony Bourdain last year, but I'm glad that I started this year with her book. So that was, I hear she's a real bitch by Jen Ag.
1: All successful women are women are called bitches or dragon ladies or mm-hmm. yep, and we we are book bitches. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kiddos, I'm gonna just totally depart.
3: What are you reading today? When, what did you pick?
1: I'm gonna pick my comfort, secret comfort. I guess would be mysteries. Ooh. I love mysteries, and my very favorite kind of mysteries are Scottish murder mysteries. I am here for it. Yeah. It's Amish. No, this is way darker than Hamish. This is. I like all <laughs> kinds of murder mysteries, but really, my very favorite kind is the kind I can travel with. So if it takes place in another country, I like it more because I feel like I'm elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The food is different. The procedures are different. Um, it's just such a great escape for me. And so I read Cold Granite by Stuart McBride. It's the first in the series featuring Logan McCray. And actually, I just finished the second one today. Didn't like the second one as much as I liked the first one, but totally beside the point. I actually found this on a list. I think it might have come through uh, for reading addicts, which I think is a UK based um, thing. I follow on Facebook and they had several suggestions for Scottish mysteries and I just love it. So I grabbed this one. Uh, it's really super gruesome. Dead children. Ooh. Yeah, which I don't usually go for. I don't usually like those kinds, but I was okay with it, mainly because the the way he focuses his... His characters come alive because he gives them habits. He gives them personalities through the way they behave. Um, for example, his close boss is constantly eating and he's constantly eating Scottish candy so of course that was my favorite thing about Scotland was all the candy so he was describing all this candy my mouth is watering the entire time because I just love all this stuff so he's always talking about people eating cookies and candy and stuff like that and I actually had to snack while I was eating it even though it was really (laughs) disgusting in the description of the dead children but um, I really like the way he developed his characters though, because you instantly know what this, it's like you picture that person, his boss, whose name is Steele.
3: he his first name her, is Steele?
1: Her, her, her last name. Oh, last name. So he describes her as this old, skinny old woman, wrinkly, she smokes constantly, you know, so you just get this picture of her immediately, um... And that's one of the things that, that made this such an immediate hook for me. I just loved it. I loved everything about it. I gave it five stars because deep down, I love a murder mystery. It's it's comfort for me. I, I was talking to, I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been Nicole who talked about falling asleep to, um, what's that show? Forensic Files. Oh, it's the best show right. to fall asleep fa- to? Falling asleep to, you know, it's it's. Sort of where your comfort zone lies. Mm -hmm. For me, if I'm depressed or bummed out for any reason, I'm usually either going back to read Terry Pratchett or I'm finding a new murder mystery. So because of the uh, recent political news that had me all up in arms, I had to find something to distract me. And that was this one. So,
0: yeah. Yay! Murdered
1: children, not so much. I mean, they, they talked a little bit about... You know, rotting corpses and and, you know, doing autopsies on four year olds and rough. some really gruesome shit in this book. So if you're not into that, you will want to skip it.
3: Did you do the audio? Was it narrated with a Scottish of accent? Of course. Oh, the
1: best. Which is the other thing that just makes my tail wag all over the place. Actually, it really was a good book. But like I said, it really did have a lot of dark, dark bits in it. Definitely not something for most people's comfort zone. I'm a weirdo. so You like the dark. I do. I like it dark. Um, the second one was okay. Not as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably keep going anyway because mm-hmm. now I know the characters. That's part of the draw. are yeah, attached
3: to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's
1: part of the draw yeah. of the whole... Um, the whole genre is, is getting to know the detective and all the people he hangs around with. And you sort of get involved in his girlfriends and, you know, this and that. The second one's a lot more about the mob and drugs and... Mm. Eh.
0: Bored.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Everyone in the room just went, eh. Except for, you know,
1: there's a really <laughs> terrible scene where the mobsters cut off his fingers and make them eat make him eat oh. them, oh. which is really super gross. Did they cook uh. them first? <laughs> no, they didn't oh. cook them first.
3: That's just even worse. Kidding. Yeah. And I then feel like th- at least they were cooked. <laughs> and then later, and then later he boiled them back up, which is really just oh. lovely. Yeah.
1: So mm. he's definitely a dark writer. Stuart McBride, the first in the series of the Logan McRae detective called cold granite i highly recommend if you're into that kind of thing
3: awesome okay i might give it a whirl i might give it a try
1: yeah it's i mean the the scottish accent is definitely a plus for the audio it is available at our
3: library i I love scotland i am here for all things scotland i have a
2: lot of stuff in my inbox right now did all your books finally come in well, I just decided to reread some stuff. Oh, what are we rereading and, now, Vonnie? Well, I, I'm I'm checking out some of those um, Rachel Maddow books that you oh. did a couple weeks ago. okay. And then um, I wanted to read the sequels to American Queen. Yes! And, you know, I can't just read the sequels. I have to read the first one again. Because So, you know, you don't have to wait for those. Like, I have them at my house. Well, I'm going to do audio. Okay. Hey, guys, I was going to say I own them. Because, you know, at work is where you should listen to an
1: extremely dirty book.
0: That's where I listen, where to, where I listen to them. Yeah,
1: We do have uh, Black History Month coming up, too. Just FYI, yes. guys. So, we will be we will be reading some different... Uh, this is this
0: Black History Yeah, we're in It we're is Black is, History yeah. Month, but
1: I mean, we are... Our
0: episode. Our oh, episode, episode will be coming up.
1: Wow. Oh later, which is going to be interesting because we're going to be all really drunk while we're doing the black history.
0: <laughs> we can do it before we get drunk. Yeah. We do that one first. I guess I yeah, need to find a should. black history. I mean,
2: I've read a lot of, I read a I, lot of I, slavery I, books. Like I got into the one, of you know how I fall down these, these holes, the rabbit hole, yeah, rabbit holes of subjects. And I did like <laughs> three or four. Speaking of rotting corpses, I see oh. that Flo sent us some pictures from Argentina of intestines. Only
1: hers are cooked and seasoned,
0: evidently. And not
3: human. No, <laughs> not human. Not human. They, I, I kind of took that it was almost like haggis. Is what that reminded uh, me of, like well, what she was talking l- about.
1: L- let's see if we can pull this picture up here. They almost look like onion rings. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Um. Are they? Are they bee ba- beer battered and deep fried?
2: Because I might be okay, deep okay fried. with that. They might be.
3: And how you taste is the breading, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah,
2: although it's...
3: haggis was surprisingly delicious when I was in Scotland, it was yummy.
1: Really gross. Seriously, I freaking hated haggis. <laughs> it
3: tastes like taco meat. Gross. At least it kind did I not had. taste like. Oh, really? Well, well what the then maybe kind of I tacos would tacos like it. You eat No, it was like Does a it seasoned. taste like
2: chorizo? Because I tried that for the first time today. I
3: don't know if I've ever had chorizo, <laughs> but Jesus it was like H. You guys
1: are making me lose my
3: freaking appetite over here. <laughs> it was Jesus it was seasoned H. really well. The haggis I had it tasted like spicy mint, like spicy meat.
1: It tastes like sheep, which is disgusting. <laughs> I don't know if
3: I've ever had. Okay, sheep. so what did what did Flo send?
1: I'm showing you here. Okay. We're gonna put these on our website, so you'll be able to see the picture as soon as I've. She took a very artful picture of a serving of I mean, chalute, I it or something. I don't remember what she called them, but Megan's <laughs> <laughs> face. Yes, they almost look like mushrooms. Yeah. they, they like look like a cross between onion rings and mushrooms. Yeah.
0: This looks fine. I would try that. I try it.
1: You guys are disgusting.
2: I, would, I
0: mean, you never know unless
2: you try something. Might you have to like try everything bite. once. We, no, you don't. We, we do. eat the
0: muscles of animals. Why are intestines any different? It's texture. It's, yeah, no, you don't know
3: agree, that the Texture Besides, is going to be bad. Besides, poop
0: goes through there.
3: Oh, so okay. long as
0: you clean it out.
2: <laughs> I eat shrimp,
1: and poop goes through there. Well, I don't eat shrimp either.
2: Well. I'm sorry. It's delicious, and I'm sorry you have to miss out on shrimp.
1: Sorry, Flo. Not trying the intestines. I'll try it, Flo. I'll
3: try it. I mean, I'll take a tiniest, barely tastable bite. <laughs> cool. So we agree Martha's in the wrong. <laughs> You guys are disgusting. Listen, That's what's going you have on. to
2: open your mind. You were as closed minded as my mom. My mom one time oh, <laughs> thought that oh, anti, her antipasta salad was like too fancy for our I family. I can't
1: even believe you just put me in the same category as your mother. That's it. <laughs> I'm out! And that's going to do it for... Three Three
3: Book book girls. Girls!
0: God damn it. Can't get enough of Three Book
1: Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.